0: hey everybody how are you all doing i wanted to talk about my new sponsor dip devices dip devices drives to be the leader in premium innovative vaporizers and accessory to dynamic cannabis marketplace they value quality originality social consciousness and caring for customer service dip devices intends to set the standard for overall customer service uh i got um A product from them. I saw them on the internet. I was looking for something to start dabbling in the concentrates. Me working at the source, you know, you're around it. You just want to check it out. I found this product called the Every that's made by Dip uh, by Dip Devices. I gotta tell you guys, it's changed what how I smoke. I know it's weird to bring up smoking right at the beginning of the podcast before I get into anything, but. The every is amazing. Uh, the multifunctional canna- cannabis consumption solution uh, it has a one battery that's magnetic. You take it off. You can take you put a piece on it to do like carts five ten adapter. You throw it on there. It magnets together. You can do vaporizer carts, and then you take it off, and then you put an attachment on it, and you can use a vaporizer tool to do concentrates i love it it is awesome it also has a tool where if you don't using the product it just shuts off so you're not wasting battery it is a awesome product i'll get into more going to do some other uh things with this product and when they bring out more attachments what they say that they are going to uh it's going to be a lot of fun to be with this company dip devices go to dipdevices.com if you get anything, put in the discount code Cadillac, C-A-D-I-L-L-A-C. C-A-D-I-L-L-A-C, all caps. You get 10% off. And know what? When you do that, your boy gets some money with it too. So I'm not even just saying because i want to sell something. It's actually a great product. Dipdevices.com. Help out me. And I'm helping you because if you want to You're not using a torch. You're not using anything where you're going to hurt your children. Like I'm in the garage. I can put it up, put it away. It's not a hot boiling hot spoon. You know, you're not cooking meth. It's just a simple tool to make it easy. It's portable. I love it. Check it out. Again, dipdevices.com. Discount code Cadillac. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Peace. And hello everybody. Welcome on back to the Cadillac Ranch. Hello, Ben. Hope you had a good week. Sorry, this episode's a little bit late. I like to be out on Mondays. This week was a little hectic. Interview problems, equipment problems, life. But hey, you're here now, you're listening to me. If you're new, thank you for coming on by. You probably know why uh, I have this episode today. We are talking about my oldest daughter, six years old, Lily Waterworth, and her heart defect. Um, I wanted to uh, record this one for a while just to get our our side or not our side not like it's a argument our uh, experience with uh, Lily and uh, how like the, even though everything happened and there's ups and downs it's still a blessing and we're so happy for Lily and the like we'll say in the interview, uh, Lily's two years since her final open heart surgery. So that's why I decided to bring this up. I'll stop talking. Uh, on Monday, I'll have a normal episode. I'll talk some, the sports. I'm going to talk Olympics. Simone Biles. I'm going to talk nights, Golden Knights and talk about how got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury and Ryan Reeves. So I'm still like clicking my mind over that. But we had drafts. We have baseball. We have a lot of things I can talk about. But I wanted to get this out. Hope you all enjoy. This is an interview with my wife, Anna Waterworth. My love. And here we go. <music> Hello everybody, this is H.T. Waterworth, and I am introducing a very wonderful guest of mine. She is my better half, my schnugger bum, <laughs> it's my wife Anna Waterworth, everybody.
1: Hey guys, how you guys doing? Glad you're here listening.
0: So, the reason why I'm bringing on my wife is... This month uh, was the two-year post-surgery of our da- daughter's final open-heart surgery, hopefully, that she'll have to do for the rest of her life. We posted pictures on it on the Facebook, and I, it got me thinking, like, I, I bet a lot of people uh, don't even know what she went through. Um, maybe you haven't followed us before, or you just met us in the past couple years, but... Um, or you just listen to this podcast. And I just wanted to... Um, I don't know. Share our story. Share... Uh, maybe... Um, we'll go into what actually... Uh, was... Uh, what happened to Lily. And then... Uh, maybe get into... How we feel. And how... Everything like that. But first off... Um, what's going to happen is... My wife is going to explain... How... Everything... That happened to my daughter, in medical terms, because she thinks she's a doctor because she watched so many years of grades Anatomy. So,
1: though I can't see real blood at all, or I'll faint.
0: She can't. Well, she.
1: So God, you've made some funny, funny decisions in my life.
0: So, uh, yeah. So I just want um, my wife to do. She's gonna talk about how it's done like all the medical terms and everything. And then she's going to dumb it down for me because I, I still can't understand it. I think for reasons that I don't know, I think I kind of block, I don't want to know all the ins and outs of it makes it more real. So I, I just, when I tell people it says she had a one hole in her heart that mixed up all the blood and that was it. <laughs> but so, uh, before we get to that, you ready? I'm ready. You excited? I'm very excited. All right. I just wanted to make sure um so beforehand uh let's I just want to do a background Ann and I were born in born. <laughs> <laughs> married. We were born
1: in 2013. Our we, marriage was born.
0: <laughs> we were we were we 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 did the thing in 2013 at our first daughter Lily at in 2015 um and then the day that a day before we were g- going to leave we found out that our daughter had heart com, com- complexes complexes yeah complexes complexities so um uh, my heart. wife will um give you the ins and outs and then um we'll take questions at the end
1: <laughs> all right guys um so i've said our story to so many people uh, people I meet at random when they see Lily's scar coming out of her shirt. Um, strangers, family members, friends. And it's a little different kind of actually putting it on a permanent audio recording. It's a little bit more emotional than I expected. So please forgive me if I choke up a little bit. Um, so to begin things, things that people don't expect when you're young and healthy and newly pregnant it was a blessing that it was um quick and fast for HHT ht and i to get pregnant um it was about a two-month turnaround and the minute i missed my period i don't even think i waited to miss my period i took a pregnancy test and once we found out we were pregnant we told everybody um one thing about myself is I don't hide things very well (laughs) I have to be very shout it from the rooftops um kind of person so um it was August of 2014 and went through all the you know normal um checkups blood pressure's great um, BMI is great, healthy baby. Um, you go into your 20 week ultrasound, which is the anatomy scan and they look for the four chambers of the heart, which Lily had, um, and everything else looked great. So we move forward. Um, I didn't do the extra blood panels that most parents have the option to do to check for down syndrome or any other chromosomal um, uh, defects with their children before they're born. And I said, no, I think, I think we'll be fine. I'm pretty healthy. And, you know, I had a conversation with God and I said, Hey, I'm not going to take these tests. I trust you. You're going to give me what HT and I can handle.
0: I wanted to add to that. Uh, We were kind of, I was in the state of mind that if something was going to be wrong with my daughter, I'm going to accept it—not even wrong, but some. If something was happening, I wasn't going to love her less or anything. And I just—I think I rather, at the time, I rather uh, find out when we just had the baby, and then we'll just learn to love it from there. Um, I didn't want to scare myself with any more tests or anything. But hindsight's twenty-twenty. But yeah. Uh, Yeah.
1: Um. So I was due May 5th on Cinco de Mayo. And, you know, they always say, oh, you're, you know, first babies come late. So, like, you're just going to be hanging out. Um. So I went to Avila Beach and I put my toes in the ocean and I went and had in and out. And then we had the spicy Mexican food later. And... All night, I was cramping and passing gas. And I
0: mean, do we need to talk about all this? <laughs>
1: yes, it's the funny parts of it all. The, the funny part, the humor oh. of you know Lily's story, whatever. So, at about five in the morning, I'm like creeping back into bed, and my water breaks, and I run as fast as I can because I didn't want to ruin my bed um with all of the fluid and so I screamed to H T and I said, Babe, like it's happening. We're having a baby. Um we get to the ER, it's about six in the morning. Um, I'm super excited because I worked in the cafeteria at the hospital, so I um, was just like, let's do it, family. You know, all my fellow coworkers, like, let's.
0: Well, you've been, re- you've been almost bragging that, like, oh, I'm gonna yeah. be having my baby here soon. Yeah. Well, you're gonna wait on me, may, yeah. may, may.
1: And everyone knew I was pregnant because I served them breakfast and lunch every day. So, um, they rolled me in and they checked me, and I was already six centimeters. So I had gone through half of my labor, just thinking I had, you know, bad number twos just from all the in and out and the spicy food and it was, you know, labor. So, uh, Lily came about three and a half hours later. So I had no time to get an epidural or any pain medication. And, um, she came out healthy, nine pounds, 21 inches long. Um, they had noticed that she had low blood sugar and they monitored her heart murmur, which is normal because when a child is born, their circulatory blood system changes from going through the mother to going within their own body. So there's a valve in your heart that closes once you're born and the umbilical cord's been cut. And so they were thinking maybe that's just what it was. And so when they're doing the newborn screenings, they, you know.
0: Wasn't she a little blue, too? She
1: was a little blue, and some babies are from that but transition. But we didn't think, they didn't think. But it, it wasn't as severe as, you know, some children <laughs> that are born with, um, with more severe defects than Lily um, was given. So it was, that was a Wednesday. She, uh, Thursday, they were getting her newborn screening done. And they do a pulse ox test, which is what they put on your finger with the little red light. And they trace how much blood, I mean, how much oxygen is in your blood pumping and circulating your body. Well, and she she had failed it two times. And the technician thought that her machine was just out of whack or wasn't working because (laughs) Lily looked to be a very healthy baby. And... She was taking her feedings and all of that stuff and pooping. And um, so when my uh, friend, my colleague who worked in the cardiac department came to do an echocardiogram, which is like um, like a sonogram on her chest to look and see her heart. um, I was in the room with her. And and
0: also it was the first time that they. They could have checked this pre-birth, but uh, if you asked them for this, but it, what they were looking for or what was happening, it wasn't something that, like, you have to be told to look for it. That's right. why we didn't check it out before. I know, I, I thought this, like, why didn't we see it before? I just wanted to say that.
1: Right, which um, I can touch on on that later on in her story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So as, you know, my colleague is doing Lily's Echo, she's having to hold back tears and faces of horror because she is seeing Lily's devastating heart defects, but is not allowed to show me or tell me what's happening because she's not the doctor and a doctor has to read the film, the pictures. So they got someone from Valley Children's who was on call to look at the pictures and Lily was in my arms in the room, and my sister in law, Amber, and my husband were in the room with us. And so I'll preface that the people who work in the maternity ward in the NICU, and they are my friends and my family because I've worked with them for almost six years and I trust them. So when the charge nurse came in to take Lily up to the NICU, um, it was pretty shocking. To hear that our child was in a life and death situation. And for me, because I knew her and I trusted her, I didn't even have like a sense of doubt that, like, I, like, okay, now I'm giving my child to someone um, because they have to save her life. Because at the time, from their scans, it looked that they had a severe, um, So, from their scans, it had shown that her aortic arch was being blocked, which meant that she was not getting any blood into her heart, and that was very severe. So, they put her on a medication that um, kept that valve that I talked about earlier open so that she was getting blood into her heart, and they kind of put her in... At an induced coma um, because the medication she needed to be still um, and she was intubated which means they put a tube down her throat um, for air for oxygen so she was in the NICU at Sierra Vista for th- two three days um, until we could get um, a plane to pick her up and take her to uh, UCLA um, we drove down um, after they flew out and Once we got to UCLA, she was still intubated at the time because they hadn't done any of their scans or their tests. Um, And so we, you know, as a new mom, I'm pumping, I'm, you know, healing, and the whole family is with us um, staying at a hotel nearby did so you say
0: you were healing? I
1: was healing. She
0: wasn't healing. She was <laughs> walking around everywhere. I told her to get into a, almost at a handicap chair. A wheelchair. A wheelchair. And uh, so she was being super mom from the beginning, hurting herself. But again, hindsight 2020. But oh, yeah. like we were.
1: Don't try to be strong physically after you've given birth. Take a seat. Sit your ass down. And let your body heal. Yeah, we know that now. Because it damages later on in life.
0: (laughs) Anyway, another (laughs) story for a different day.
1: Yeah. So um, the following day, we got there early in the morning um, because one huge thing we did learn was that taking care of ourselves meant that we could be there for our child. And... I am not saying to those who can't leave their child's bedside, I am not negating their journey or their suffering or how they process. But for HT&I, we had to physically and emotionally heal and almost accept the worst in the moment while she was still alive because we needed to be prepared for any scenario because we had never been through this before. So... Making sure that we went and slept for eight hours or we went to lunch and we laughed or went and saw a movie or, you know, enjoyed each other's company so that we could take turns leaning on one another was huge through the process, which allowed for us to not have PTSD when we walked back through the hospital or the Tiverton where we lived for a month. Um, That truly did help us. So, back to the day we come back in. She's extubated, meaning she's not on oxygen. She literally just has three stickers on her. And we were like, what the fuck? Our child was in a life or death situation, intubated, in in an induced coma, and now she's just like free balling, like with three sticker monitors on her. And so what we found out was that her heart defects weren't as severe in the moment than we thought they were. So that was a huge blessing. The aortic arch was not blocked and we later found out exactly what um, was wrong with her heart. So... This is where it gets a little technical, and I will do my best to use really simple analogies to kind of paint a picture.
0: No, she's going to try to say, like, I'm in first grade. So, yeah.
1: So, in your heart, you have four chambers. And you have two large arteries that come out of your heart. So, you have one pipe. I'll call them pipes. One pipe of blood coming into your heart from your body. And you have one artery pipe coming out of your heart, into your lungs, back into the heart, then to the body. So your blood cells need an oxygen buddy. So kind of like red blood cells are city buses. And so they go to their stops throughout the body and drop off their passengers, which is the oxygen cell. Because your cells and your organs all need oxygen to function. So as the blood goes from your heart to the lungs to the body. Back to the heart to the lungs to the body. You have a circulatory system. With Lily her two pipes were flip-flopped. So only half of her blood was getting oxygen and going out to the body. The other half of her blood was going from heart to body, heart to body, and was never receiving an oxygen buddy to be dropped off to all of the bus stops. That proposes a huge problem in, de- in development and um, growth and uh, how the organs can work properly. They're going to start to malfunction because they can't grow. So at the moment... At 12 days old, she had her first open heart surgery where they put a hair tie, as in my analogy, around her pulmonary artery.
0: But what was that band called? A PA band. Yeah, PA band.
1: Which is short for pulmonary artery. Your pulmonary artery is that T artery that you would see in an anatomy um, picture where it tees off to the lungs, to the right and to the left.
0: I'm going to put a note this is a note for both of us yes in the pictures in the instagram we'll try to i'll try to find a picture and
1: i have a great video that will show perfect all of it perfect so
0: we'll try to uh make everything um as easy as possible to uh understand because this is not easy i'm i'm still confused
1: <laughs> and we're six years in <laughs> so um she gets this band put around an artery to restrict flow. So what they wanted or what they didn't want was a large volume of blood going through her lungs. Um, they kind of wanted to restrict it so that there was plenty of oxygen to tag along to each blood cell that it could. And that lasted for seven months. Now what's awesome about the bright side of all of this is that we're thirty years post what they used to do. So with Lily thirty years ago, they would have done one surgery all together to do a repair of her heart. Well the mortality rate for those children thirty years ago. You're
0: saying all together. You haven't split up the you haven't Okay. My yeah. bad. Yeah. So um My bad.
1: I'll rewind <laughs> we're having way too much fun with this gadget um so lily was proposed to have three open heart surgeries to repair her heart in phases as opposed to what they did three uh 30 years ago they would do one surgery but the mortality rate was so high because when you change pressure systems within your body your organs if they don't have time to adjust they start to fail
0: they almost work overtime because they're overcompensating or, yeah, too much flow, they're not ready for it. More, yeah. if that's probably more it,
1: it's like everyone on the 405 trying to get off at Wilshire all at once without like a pacing car, you know. So, bottlenecks. bottlenecks, yeah. So, at 12 days old, she had her first open heart surgery, and I'll never forget. Um holding her and touching her chest and rubbing it and just memorizing what her chest was going to look like before having a scar. And that was, that was hard.
0: I think, yeah, that was kind of like you had the, the, the thought to do that. I didn't, but um, you had to think about she's going to have the scar for the rest of her life. Which, it, it's going to be nothing someday. It's going to be like a highlighter mark. Yeah. It's not going to look like Gemma from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Like, it's not that. Because she got it so young, her, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. so, her skin's so.
1: Well, and now it's like an appendage. It's like yeah. just part of her.
0: Yeah. She doesn't even care anyways. But, yeah. I mean, that's, but, I didn't even think of doing that. But, like, yeah. with the stories of, I mean, just seeing every picture with her scar. And we've always. Kind of jumping, but she, we've always told her the to her scar and the warrior scar and to be proud of it. It's never negative. We never made it negative. I think that's why I didn't care. Yeah. About like, t- I don't know, not care, but didn't think of it. Anyways.
1: So she came out of surgery and she's definitely, you know, twice as big because she's pumped full of fluids. Um, and her, um, face was bloated and, um,
0: but you could already tell, like she already had more better blood complexion. Yeah. Like she was already not as blue. Yeah. Like little things, so you're like, oh, okay, this is, it, even though like subtle changes. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of weird to see those things.
1: Um. So we were um in the hospital for another three weeks as she learned to breastfeed again, um, gain weight, um. She never had any delay or hit. Yeah, she
0: did. What do you mean? She was sick and she couldn't eat, and she was like starving for five days.
1: That was pre-surgery.
0: I was pre-surgery. and We forgot <laughs> about that before her surgery. She had like what was it?
1: Bacteria. It, was, it or... was a bacteria in her stomach, so she wasn't allowed to eat. She had to be on antibiotics. It was a the
0: week. worst.
1: And when the nurse was saying oh i'm gonna give lily a little bit of morphine because she's super uncomfortable and hungry um well i mean she had a drip you know with you know nutrients in the fluids but when ht heard morphine he went back to like little house on the prairie and was like she's dying
0: no i'm just like hear the m word you're just like what the hell is this
1: yeah and it such a small dose just to you know anyway you know I when don't you're know, hangry you, you
0: don't have to bring up that i start crying <laughs> and shit woman but we're
1: being honest here
0: well i know you're being honest rude <laughs> i just um yeah the, i forgot about that like kind of suppress that yeah. moment.
1: yeah you ran out of the NICU. yeah
0: that was horrible but like the fact that she had to go through that so we had a she had a heart problems on top of that bacteria problems she couldn't eat I don't still don't know why she couldn't eat,
1: because of the antibiotics.
0: I know why she couldn't eat, but it's still rude. Like (laughs) it's newborn. I know. I mean, she
1: was getting her nutrients and all of that through the IV.
0: We get it, but still.
1: So, bringing us forward, we've we're at the, you know, we're growing. We're I'm pumping like crazy. I'm trying to eat as much as I can. Um. We got to go home. I think it was like June 10th and we were like, oh shit. Now we're like really responsible for her because to be honest, it was kush. These NICU nurses had her on a schedule. They knew what she liked, what she didn't like, which I didn't take as a burn to me. Like I wasn't jealous that the NICU nurses knew my daughter more than I did because they 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 were the, the glorious babysitters, the million-dollar lifesavers well, they're us.
0: They're the ones... I mean, there's things that I am definitely could say that I was not happy with, with things that they handled, a couple things, or, like, stuff. It wasn't all peaches and cream when we're trying to deal with a heart baby. And then at the same time, you see the, all these other babies that are in worse conditions, but we're all in the same place. It's like... So you feel almost guilty, like, well, our daughter doesn't need it that much compared to that kid. Oh yeah. So it's all that. Why did I get here? What were we talking about?
1: Just we we were kind of like scared oh, to go but, home because okay. then we were responsible well, for her.
0: these nurses were a big proponent of us like, No, go eat dinner. We're fine. She's chilling. Like Yeah. And they we we did have guilty moments like when we were like at dinner. Having a cocktail with my mom and my sisters, and we're like, "Are we being bad people right now?" Laughing. Like, but at the same time, it's the only thing that there. Were, the one, the one of the things is being at UCLA. You're right, downtown Westwood, a lot of restaurants, so that we could easily walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it, that was kind of like. Do you want to go to lunch? That meant going for a walk and clearing our mind. That's kind of like what we did. sun on our faces. Yeah. Because we spent
1: most of the day with Lily and so many of our friends and family came to visit and, you know, we could only have two people in the NICU because of all of the other, you know, infants in there. And so HT spent a lot of time out of the NICU when we had family in town because they wanted to see her and it was just me and then one family member at a time and so i don't think i ever really checked in with you and asked you how hard that was for you
0: oh um well i didn't like always it would just it was i didn't like how it was for the right reason i'm glad they do it how shut down it is like only two people but yeah. it all makes sense yeah because the risks of others yeah which is totally fine and just like being in the waiting room it just i spent a lot of time in there a lot so with family and friends it was it was whatever like they were there to see me at just as much as care they were there to see Lily. yeah so like they were comforting it, was, it wasn't it was like anybody it was like oh i'm so pissed i can't see the baby like yeah. they get it yeah so, I, I, I don't think it was as bad. And we kind of tried to switch off as much as we could. Yeah. But, I don't know. I also, I don't know, just me being a pussy or, like, just wanting Anna, like, to have, like, no, you can have the most time. You're the mom. Like. Mm-hmm. You were always very good about that. Yeah. Like, I, you're the mom. You need the, the more, like, because it's different. She's hooked up not like we when she would after post surgery we couldn't just pick her up like normal we had to have like an assistance it was hard like
1: there's lines coming out of her left and right yeah it's like it was, it was uncomfortable
0: so like we didn't i didn't want to bother lily more so um did that say L I L Y?
1: Yeah they spelt it wrong. Wow,
0: stupid summer school. I was just looking at my kid's summer school stuff and they named put L I L Y like chumped L I double L all right what what anyways um
1: so yeah. when we took her home you know they said don't let her cry for too long because they don't want all that stress on her heart so in my mind I'm like if my daughter cries she's going to die that's just where I was at mentally and emotionally um so We're home, and what's awesome about Lily was that she did not need to be coddled. She loved being by herself. She did so good just sleeping in her crib by herself. Like, it was... She was an angel baby.
0: But, like we said, these nurses had her trained. So, she was sleeping through the night after the first month because she was already used to it. And... It was great because everybody knows how quiet of a person we are. Yeah. So.
1: Well, because she, she, the first quiet. month is. Not It was a joke.
0: It was a bad joke. All the babies. We're super loud. So, like, she grew up, she, her first month of her life was Constant around. Constant m- alarms. Alarms and, alarms and doing all this stuff. So when. From
1: other, you know, babies kicking their monitors off or, you know, having emergencies. So and, it was
0: kind of cool the fact that we could, like, be as loud as we needed oh, to. Oh, Yeah. And like, scream at each other because I'm deaf, and she's obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a a plus,
1: yeah, um, so as we move forward, um she t- was seven months old in October, and it was time for her first um her first, I would say big surgery for her repair called the Glen. Now, this is where it gets real fun, where God decided to really design her well. Um, They did say that because of Lily's defects, they worked for her advantage at the same time of her disadvantage. Um, So here's where we get medical again. So for normal people that were born with all of their organs, you know, normal, um, We all have one large artery called the superior vena cava. And that is the returning blood um, from your brain and your arms and your chest going into the heart. And you have an inferior vena cava, which is an artery that's coming from the bottom, which is your gut and your legs, bringing all of that blood up to your heart. But Lily decided to grow... Or to not eliminate, because, you know, if you go into fetal heart development, your heart has a bunch of arteries that start to get eliminated as they grow into what, you know, HT and I have. Or if you have a normal heart, just two of these arteries. Well, Lily um, has three. So she has one inferior vena cava, but she has two superior vena cavas, and they're called SVCs for short. And I will notate that in our notes as well. So she has two arteries dumping blood into her heart. And that's where that is when um in her anatomy scan when I was pregnant with her, if the standard of care changed or was educated differently then they would have found her two inputs of blood. So, one thing that I've tried to advocate for and try to do some research is you know, we had taken her scans to a med mal doctor uh, lawyer to see if there was any evidence of her defects in her anatomy scans. And because of the quality of the machines and the quality of the standards of like what they're trained to look for, it was not shown. If we changed how technicians find and look at the anatomy, they would have noticed that there was two inputs of blood going into her heart. But they're only trained to look at certain baseline things. And I think that's where we found problems especially back in the 90s where a lot of you know the SID cases um HT and I believe that a lot of SID cases were heart related issues that um weren't found because the standard of care um just wasn't there so for the first part of her heart repair was to take those arteries and plug them into her lungs So remember, half of her blood is not being circulated to the lungs. So if we can take all of those returning blood cells that don't have oxygen and dump them into the lungs first to get an oxygen buddy, then they can go into Lily's um, abnormal heart circulation and be able to get oxygen to all of the bus stops in, in her body. So that was her first repair at seven months old. Um, that was definitely a lot harder because she had been ours for seven months. She knew her name. She We had that bonding. Um, so that was a lot harder emotionally for us um, to give her up um, to go through this once again to get her heart and her chest open. Um, but as... We're so blessed with Lily that she had no complications through her surgery. She, within a 24-hour span, was back to normal. Smiling, giggling, eating. Had no idea that her chest had been just ripped open and worked on. Um, it was incredible to see all of the surgeons are like, wow, she's a poster child for um, congenital heart disease um she's doing so well um so it was it was such a blessing to know that this might go easy for us but also devastating seeing the other patients and family members that were dealing with worse situations that weren't going well that were struggling that were constantly sick constantly running into roadblocks because of their heart defect and that kind of gives you that survivor's guilt a little bit knowing that yes you're going through something traumatic and you're allowed to mourn the loss of what you thought you know your journey with your child was going to be but at the same time she's doing so well and to boast about it was really hard um for both HT and I do you have any thoughts about her first surgery and how you felt um going into it?
0: Um
1: in October when she was
0: seven months. No, old. no, I got it. Uh it was hard. I mean, it was just like we already went through it. We already knew the system, we already knew the people, we knew the Tiverton, like we were kind of set in that way. Um The day of was just the worst. I hated waiting. Yeah. But, um...
1: Yeah, you're in a waiting room with, like, a number on a screen. And it goes through different colors to tell you what phase of surgery you're in. So, that was... On surgery days, we don't leave. Because we just... You never know if something happens. You want to be within the facility. Um. So... Yeah, that was Halloween of 2018. No, sorry, that's Quinn. 2015. Um, and she was a Cabbage Patch kid. And we had a little wig for her. And we rolled her around the the unit. And we were only there for like five days. And we were sent back home. So after that... It was a plan for when she was four to do the bottom half of her body um, to plug in that inferior vena cava that was returning all the blood from her gut and her legs and to dump that into her lungs just like they did the top um, surgery. So we were like, okay, cool. So we go to our regular three months. Every three months we had an appointment down at UCLA um, to get an echo and check in with her meds. Um, and that was kind of our life for the last four years. Um, we enjoyed going to L.A. to be able to see Dr. too and our team and um, Lily.
0: Shout out Saytu.
1: Shout out say too and UCLA. Because um, then we got to spend a lot of time with our cousins down in Long Beach. Um, and... We made good memories. We made sure that not
0: just Long Beach, everybody that lives down there, we're not specifying, specifying, specifying (laughs) who is just don't don't get your LA family, our LA family, Louise.
1: Um. So when we were approaching, um, her being four, um, we. Definitely wanted to have a second child to be a part of Lily's life as she went through this um, phase in her life. So in 2017 we decided to conceive Quinn and when we went through that pregnancy we had to do things a little differently because um, the percentage um, low is still higher than normal after having one baby with um, heart defects. Granted, it was not genetic from HTRI. Um, it was just, um, what Dr. too. said, nature's a bitch and shit happens. <laughs> uh, when we first met him, cause we were like, why did this happen to our daughter? And he goes, shit happens, you know, like there's no answer. Um, especially because it wasn't genetic. We didn't carry a gene that said that she would get a heart defect. Um, so kind of in retrospect too, even if we had done all the things prior, it still wouldn't have changed the outcome of the surgeries she would have had. We would have just been a little bit more emotionally and financially ready to deliver a child with congenital heart disease. We would have delivered at UCLA and things would have gone a little bit smoother, um, rather than the horrifying moment, you know, the day after she was born. So Fast forward to Quinn's pregnancy, we go to a high risk um, OBGYN, we go through all the genetic testing, all the blood panels, and looking at her heart in an echo for the first time while she was um, still inside of me. And I'm like, wow, like a norm, that's what a normal heart looks like. Like, I don't know what a normal heart looks like. I know Lily's heart. Um, after watching, you know, hundred plus echoes and seeing how her valves work and how her walls work it was odd to see a normal heart I was like that that to me looks abnormal um so it was it I it really wasn't until Quinn was born that I was like okay she doesn't have a heart defect like even though they said she didn't it's I had to like deliver her to like really make that a concrete you know, fact. Um, so when Lily got her second um, repair, she was four years old, and we worked really well with Lily to prepare her. You know, since she was seven months old, we sh- grabbed her hand and we, you know, petted her scar and we talked to her scar and, um, and her stars that from her drain tubes on her belly. Um, To be proud and to, you know, to know that she is a tool in this community to educate others, not just about congenital heart disease, but about strength and personal growth and um, pushing through things and not resilience and resilience, you know, at such a young age. Um, Anything that HT and I personally were struggling with, we can always say, hey. Lily's been through more. What would Lily do almost like, how could we do it better than Lily?
0: But it's almost it's bad now (laughs) because she falls or she gets hurt. I'm like, bro, you went through heart surgery. You're fine. She has
1: a paper cut. And I'm like, girlfriend, don't even, you know. But with Quinn, we're just like, we're the opposite (laughs) because she's our little squish.
0: Okay, no, no. I I tell her to get up just like I do Lily. (laughs) So No, no favoritism.
1: So uh, Lily goes in for heart surgery at four, which was even worse because she's four. She has a personality. She has dialogue. She has conversations. She's We've seen her learn and grow and develop. And um, the biggest thing that we, you know, experienced with Lily after that in 2018 was she completely shut down she did not make any facial expressions she did not speak she barely nodded no she blankly stared at you like i cannot even think a thought because my body is healing from a very traumatic open heart surgery and i'm going to drink my water and watch thousands of disney movies. And not move or say a word. Which was so hard for HT and I. Because like Lily, she's, or like us, she's very animated. Loud, obnoxious, silly. Um, and to not see that was really devastating. And very hard to deal with personally. Because I wanted so bad to see that light and I was afraid that she wasn't gonna be the same.
0: Yeah. I I, I uh probably not in these words, but you said like you don't want her to lose her light or Yeah. You kinda it was just really depressing.
1: You're like, did they take something away yeah, from her it was during weird. surgery?
0: And she just it took a while. That was the hardest part about it. And just like seeing her so defeated almost but she was still strong. She still like
1: Oh, my God, yeah.
0: they Everything, she uh, recovered pretty quick and did all the right things. It just, those days were, were, it just, like, you're just depressed because she's so depressed. And then, like, you just want to make her laugh, and then she won't laugh. She's almost, like, hates you in a way. And you're just like, man, I just want to go. I, I can't be in here anymore. Like, I, I'm so... Like, I can't you, handle this. You seem this. useless. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the word.
1: Because you're, you know, the last couple of years, you're always making your child happy and laugh and, you know, make them feel better. And in this moment, we were powerless. We couldn't do anything to help her. So we were there s- 10 days, barely 10 days. Um, And when we got home a week and a half later she just popped up. She was singing Frozen. She was dancing. She was on a razor scooter. And I'm like, wait a minute. This chick just had open heart surgery and now she's running around on her razor scooter in the front yard laughing and being silly again.
0: And not worrying about her breathing. No. Like she was pretty good. And we always told her like, hey, if you need a break, take a break. Like pretty soon she was like, not worrying about breaks and kind of... She was caught overcautious she sometimes. She couldn't go
1: more than a minute or two of... Barely running around prior to that. Without crying and... He, like not crying,
0: but like... She had to stop. She knew when she had to stop. She pushed herself a couple times. But like... Now she like...
1: She can keep up with every other kid in, in class. Um, seeing Lily take you know her surgeries with stride and confidence and to share them with others um in her life that are going through you know their own obstacles and surgeries and you know uh teaching teaching them her mantras or how she looks at the bigger picture um and is so proud to to say, like, I have a heart that was, you know, not fully developed. And um, it doesn't change who I am. And she just has so, she doesn't let it hold her back. And she doesn't use it as a crutch at all. Like our youngest one. Oh, my legs hurt. Go clean your room. Oh, my legs are broken. No, no,
0: and... She will, bra- I call it bragging. She'll brag about a bruise or a cut for six weeks. Yeah, like look at my my boo boo. I'm like, yeah, who cares? It, that was from three weeks ago. Yeah, the youngest one. And then we got Lily, who just like, oh yeah, I got cut.
1: Yeah, she she's totally chill. She's badass. Um, so one really cool thing about. Six, seven months after her um, last open heart surgery, we um, got to experience the Make-A-Wish trip to Disneyland, and it was so magical. She got to meet Elsa and Anna and get all dolled up at the Bippity Boppity boop Boutique, and we got to experience California Adventure in the Rain.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, we've gotten perks from it, too. We, I mean, we're not all not all uh, bad when we've we were the the main uh like focus of a halftime show for ucla uh, versus cal uh it was awesome um sadly we found out that uh the footage of all that is gone so they're planning on maybe ta- having us back after everything maybe this season they said but They've already done so much. They've already helped us, and they take care of us, so that's kind of cool. Just
1: Yeah, we owe a lot to our UCLA family um, continually on a regular basis. Um, and make a wish. And make a wish. Um, they provided such amazing memories for us to experience with Lily. And, you know, to wrap kind of all of this up, you know, we – when we found out about Lily, we're like, all oh, right, this is God's plan. This is her journey as a tool in our community to not just educate people on congenital heart disease, but on resilience and strength and perseverance and to not let something physical get in the way of our happiness and that it doesn't define her congenital heart disease does not define her it's just a part of her and um, I'm just so thankful to be Lily's mom and you know to share her with everybody else um, that follows her journey
0: yeah I just want to say thank you to all our friends and family and uh, for all the help and the constant uh, caring words Also want to say Thank you to Lily in the future When Someday when you listen to this um, You're an amazing girl uh, You're only 6 but you're going on Like 50 You are hilarious You love dancing I think you right now Want to be a ballerina Ninja something So, um, She
1: wants to be a police officer
0: Police officer now when was this?
1: It's been the last couple of weeks. Oh my gosh.
0: Anyways, I mean, whatever we'll let, she wants. I we'll, hope she d- gets whatever she wants. We'll want. let
1: Uncle Joe take her on a joy ride. On,
0: on a ride along. <laughs> um. But uh. Yeah. Uh. We'll. We'll keep our ears out open. If anybody have any questions, uh, leave it in the comments. Yeah, or don't uh, hesitate to DM or contact either of us. If we for somehow have a lot of questions, maybe we'll do a Q and a podcast or Instagram live or something. Um,
1: yeah. Cause there's a lot of things that, you know, as a mom, as not a female that I could get into, but you know, my husband's audience isn't, um, it's primarily male listeners. So I don't know if they want to, you know, get into my nitty gritties of, you know, no, post-partum. but I, I
0: welcome the bitches, you know, <laughs> Just I'm for everybody. Um, But
1: yeah, if any moms are listening or girlfriends or husbands who think, you know, their wives or girlfriends would, you know, like to hear about postpartum, you know, with a child with special needs and then with a child without, which man having Quinny, we were like so fucked because we had to come home with the newborn baby and we didn't know what to do because we came home with a one month old baby and with Lily trained like a soldier, and then we had to train Quinn, and that it was horrible. Yeah,
0: it was a totally different uh, story. So
1: hoping for the third, in like the next couple of years, yeah, we'll know what the frick we're doing. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. yeah mhm. Mhm.
1: Special shout out to all my new mom friends. I'll be getting your fancy hand me downs because y'all got all the new gadgets that I wish I had. Oh,
0: whatever. um well again this with my wife anna waterworth um do you want to plug anything
1: um if you're getting engaged or if you know someone getting engaged hire me i'm a wedding coordinator i'll make your life stress-free and get you hitched and yeah uh hashtag or not hashtag i'm too old for this at wedding runner 805 on instagram And www.weddingrunner805.com.
0: Perfect. So if any of you know anybody and wants to give us money, please do that. Um, thanks again to my wife. Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed and I hope you have a good one. Thanks again, Anna. Love you, babe. So that was an interview with Anna Waterworth. I hope you guys, uh, enjoyed it. Um, that was fun to uh, be there with my wife and talk about everything. Uh, those couple times that we had to stop and start, our kid kept coming down and messing with us. And But if you guys have any questions, like we said, maybe we'll bring something like do a Q&A pod or something. Uh, it's just our experience. Uh, we wanted to share it with everybody. Give something to, for Lily to hear in a couple couple years. She might appreciate it or think it's dumb. At that time, she'll probably think it's dumb. But yeah, I hope you all had a wonderful time. Uh, it was a lot of fun for, for us. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Like I said, on Monday... Uh, there will be a normal episode, sports, what have you, weekly streaming roundup, everything. So get ready for that. Thanks again for listening. Um, if this was your first time, uh, thank you. You go back and listen to some episodes. I would go to the interviews if you haven't listened to me before. Um, I have a bunch of interviews that I did during the pandemic and ever since life is getting back together haven't been able to do a lot of interviews so i'm going to get back to that but go back uh look at all those interviews um yeah apple spotify all that follow click the bell i don't know the terms you know follow stuff you know, if you have any suggestions, hit me up. All right. Well, love who you are with. Love who you are with. Your friends, family, loved ones, roommates. Uh, be safe out there. Kind of coming back together. It's a little scarier. Little things keep popping up. But hey, got to keep on trucking. Keep on moving. Do what you got to do. All right. All right uh tip your bartenders and your weed tenders your bud tenders you guys are going out more be nice all these waiters and waitresses and bartenders they need money too and as always come on back to the cadillac ranch you hear
2: The wheel went dry and the cow did too Daddy didn't know what to do The banker came by the house one day Said he's gonna take the farm away Then mama came up with a plan Brother and me started up a band Sister put a sign on the roof Daddy bought a case of 90 proof Now we call it the Cadillac Ranch they're parking cars in the old beef Patch There's a bar in the barn and the place stays packed Till the cows come home at Cadillac Range Now the only thing that we raise is cane You don't need the sun or rain Just neon lights and some ice cold beer Keeps everything green around here Mama takes the cash at the door Brother and me keep them out on the floor Sister sets them up at the bar Daddy kicks back with a big cigar Now we call it the Cadillac Ranch They're parking cars in the old bee patch There's a bar in the barn and the place stays packed Till the cows come home at Cadillac Ranch Well, so we gave all the cows away And now the only homes around here today Are the ones up on the grill Of a genuine 59 Coupe DeVille. Ville Now we call it the Cadillac Ranch They're parking cars in the old pea patch There's a bar in the barn and the place stays packed yeah. Till the cows come home at Cadillac Ranch Now we call it the Cadillac Range They're parking cars in the old beef patch There's a bar in the barn and the place stays packed Till the cows come home at Cadillac Range